0: Let's do this. The Cult of Hockey podcast about the faithful. And for the faithful, I'm David Staples of the Edmonton Journal and I'm here tonight with Bruce McCurdy. Hey Bruce, how you doing?
1: Well, my heart's still beating, David. After uh, what should have been a routine Edmonton Oilers win tonight, they uh, sure managed to make it exciting in the end. This team does not want to win routine games like ever again, apparently it's kind go. of
0: frustrating eh like they did they just dominated most of that game they utterly yeah. dominated the grade a shots were 24 to 14 mm-hmm. with 15 to 6 uh for the five alarm shots so that's five uh the order should have had seven goals and the blackhawks should have had about uh three or four but yeah. this game ends up five five uh four because the orders just kept shooting themselves in the foot we shall get to that, Bruce. This is our two good things, two bad things, and two numbers podcast. Bruce, what is your good thing?
1: All right. Uh, well, I'm going to go tonight with uh, with Darnell Nurse, uh, who played his 500th game, and a very fine game he played, too, uh, particularly at five-on-five. Five. Um, and uh, he was... Uh, uh, just all over the ice, David, on the uh, first Oilers goal that finally broke uh, broke the ice. Nurse made no fewer than four plays in succession, good ones, uh, containing the puck in the D zone corner and not letting it get out, uh, reaching behind the net to chip a puck over to a teammate. Then he activated into the rush, into the neutral zone and gained the zone. The puck cycled around and it came back to... Uh, uh, to Darnell and he he fired a perfect cross ice uh, seam pass to dry saddle for the open net tap and just a beautiful pass which yeah. he's made a few of later lately uh, for those who think Darnell Nurse can't make a pass well I'll admit he doesn't make all the passes that he tries but he sure makes some of them and he made that one it was a beauty it uh, sure but, was but that assist aside he wound up with a i mean his numbers in this game david plus four he played 29 minutes and uh, nine seconds 30 shifts uh six shots on goal 10 shot attempts two hits three block shots and just dominant uh shot shares and i thought we saw the good darnell for pretty much most of this game uh who was uh you know really really showed his athleticism and and uh uh played uh i thought an extremely strong game uh oilers outshot uh chicago 13-6 uh when he when he was out and they out uh shot attempted them 23 to 12 like it really was a a pro Eventon game uh mind you i think he played quite a bit with the top line which totally dominated uh chicago during their uh excessive minutes tonight so, anyways, uh, 500 career games, and that's a pretty nice way to mark that milestone with a with a big time, a big minute uh, performance in a game his team ultimately won, hung on to win. Hard. You'd think with a plus four you'd win comfortably going away, but this is the Edmonton Oilers we're talking about, so uh, we'll get into that next. So, anyway, congrats on the milestone, Darnell, and uh, you did it in style.
0: Yeah, I, had a, I, I graded the game tonight, and I had him at a 9, and then I bumped had to bump it down to an 8 because of a couple. He kind of screened the goalie a little bit, I think, on Chicago's power oh, play goal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, he was also um, on the uh, fourth goal. He didn't prevent the pass out. That's a tough play, right? Like he, It's a power play. Essentially, it's a 6-on-5 situation. There's all six kinds on of chaos. 6-on-4, yeah. yeah. There's all kinds of chaos. So it's very difficult. Um but the puck did go through him. But other than that, Bruce, he was just he just had a commanding game. He was outstanding. Mm-hmm. He just nailed black Colin Blackwell with a hit that <laughs>
1: hit
0: that guy. That was an Shivering
1: asshole timbers.
0: Oh. Yeah, that was a wicked, wicked hit. All right, my good thing. Uh I'll go with the the top line, Bruce. Uh McDavid, a goal and assist. Dry two goals and an assist. And um Zach Hyman, where are we, number 18, and just one assist for Zach Hyman. But um, I think their true dominance can be seen in the grade A shot totals. Uh, you know, so 24 to 15 for the for the Oilers as a team for um, grade A shots. Uh, excuse me, 24 to 14 for the Oilers. Mm-hmm. But um, McDavid himself was in on 12 of half. So he made a major contribution to half of them. Drysaddle made a major contribution, Bruce, to 14 grade A shots this game. And Hyman, Hyman, uh, Tan. McDavid, just from the start, again, we saw this with the Oilers coming out a little bit, just a little bit off, it seemed to me. Um, But McDavid just was willing his team right from the start. And he had a couple, uh, you know, flashing up the ice grade A shots in the first. There was one play. It's always a, I know it's a great play when I call my wife into the room to come watch the replay. Like she, she plays hockey as well. Mm-hmm. Um, she doesn't watch all the games. I mean, I ruin the games watching them because I'm doing all this video review work and pausing right. and starting. so it's a nightmare to watch the game with me. But I called her in to watch this play because he just came shooting down the wing, and this is when he cuts into the middle for all these people hacking and checking him, and and gets a great shot on net. Um, he he almost scored um off a great pass from an rnh where he hit the post oh. uh, i think that was in the uh early in the second
1: on the power um, play, yeah.
0: now his line did have a you know when we'll get into this there was a crappy couple of crappy shifts there in the second but then um he charges down the the ice late in late in the second almost scores and then early in the third just just warp power warp speed 10 and uh, fires in a, in a great shot to make it. Uh, I think it's three to one. Three one at
1: that point. Yeah, that three was, one at that point. It was two one after the second. Was,
0: the game should be over. It's three to one. Can yeah. you can you not ice the game at that point? But no, that's not that's not what happened.
1: It was four so that, one. David It was yeah, four but, one. Their first three goal lead all month since yeah, Denmark, the first of November. Ten minutes it. left against the crappy team. Uh, anyway i think we probably already said something about this but yeah uh, the mcdavid when mcdavid was on the ice of five on five the orders outshot chicago 18 to three you yeah know, like they were just in total command it was basically 20 minutes of five on five play and it was like an entire period sent, spent in chicago's end uh with the exception of you know the one cheesy goal they got from the uh from the blue line that went right through an entire phalanx of players and and uh got Chicago on the board
0: for for Dreisaitl it's it's interesting because it was a it seemed like in some ways kind of a quiet game for someone who made 14 major contributions <laughs> to grade a shots because McDavid of course you know he's drawing your attention and Nurse drew well, a lot of attention feeding, Hyman Leon Hyman was always
1: eating yeah Connor so they were both in on yeah. their chances
0: yeah Leon made some great passes to you know to McDavid and uh, and Hyman's always in the middle of things, you know, pinballing around. He's the human pinball out there. But, uh, you know, the play that obviously stands out is the final, big McDavid's final big rush of the game where he charges up the ice um, after getting uh, a pass from, uh, first CeCe makes a nice play on the boards, then Hyman makes a nice play. McDavid's charging up the ice and he feeds Leon, and, and he lets go with the executioner's shot. It is just such a wonderful thing to see to see those two combine on that play. It is the signature play of the Edmonton Oilers in this era. It is um it is unbelievable the execution, the skill, the training that both players have to have for them to execute that play. That hardly anyone in the NHL can execute a play like that. At but that these speed. guys these guys exactly these guys can do it repeatedly and um and they they dry settle just crushed that into the net for uh, I think it was five on three at that five on three was a, five three was My the three. score was the score at that point and again the owners looked like they uh, had sealed it but they couldn't uh, resist letting in another goal Hyman was Hyman was really good too he um he he, his goal deserved to be cro- – his first goal there deserved to be called back because he did really cross-check Seth Jones into the mm-hmm. net. But uh, he he had 5 great grade-A shots himself. He was uh, dangerous around the net, hustling all game long. The winners really loaded it up on that top line, though. Uh, they had all their, you know, their well, three best players. Three scores, for sure. So – so it's kind of predictable but what might have happened when they weren't on the ice but when they were on the ice that was absolutely fantastic i just wonder bruce how much they're gonna have to give tomorrow night against the uh wild of minnesota because um they sure they sure went hard tonight what is your bad thing
1: yeah well there's a few bad things that uh, caught my eye in this game along the way that uh Chicago back in the game. Uh, But I'm going to single out Ryan Nugent Hopkins, who had, in some respects, had a pretty good game with a goal and assist. He made that nice pass to uh, Connor that he should have buried. Uh, He had some good moments, but three penalties for eight minutes, and uh, at least two of the penalties, very, very careless. Uh, he killed one penalty, uh, one Oilers power play. You know, they, they'd gone 0 for 2 at the power play. I think this time they're going to score. And Nuge takes a penalty three seconds off of the draw uh, for getting a stick where it doesn't belong. And that's the end of that. Uh, and that was, at that point, he'd already taken a a, a, a tripping penalty. Just uh, Well, that was the tripping penalty. Then he came out of the box and he took a slashing penalty right after that, 20 seconds after he got out of the box. But worst of all, they finally get that goal from Drysaddle to give them some breathing room again. Five three, five minutes left. Chicago, surely Chicago's comeback is is uh, has been blunted with that with that killer goal, right? This game should be over, right? Ideally, McDavid, Drysaddle maybe play one shift the rest of the way, and right off the center ice face off. Uh, Iron H, for whatever reason, he just smacks the guy right in the face with his stick, double minor for high sticking. And now all of a sudden, well, it's a good thing it's a two-goal lead, not a one-goal lead, but there's 4.35 on the clock and four minutes on the penalty uh, clock. And you're thinking, well, they can pull their goalie at any time. If they score in the first power play, they're going to have a six-on-four to tie it up. And, you know, this game that seconds ago seemed to be safe, has already been not made not safe by careless play and you know it's just pay attention guys pay attention you know yeah anyway
0: uh, (sighs) there was a certain lackadaisical quality to the orders all game long even even when they were dominating, it just seemed just, there just there was that kind of aspect to their game of a lack of intensity. And Chicago managed to bring the, brought that out in them. Chicago does looks like a really kind of weird, disjointed team. Honestly, like uh, I don't I haven't checked their record lately, but they, they didn't. This look was their
1: eighth loss in a row. They
0: but didn't look much know. of a hockey team. Yeah, Nugent Hopkins almost took a full season of penalties in one game I mean last yeah. year Bercy had 18 minutes the year before that he yeah. had 16 the whole season and he got eight, eight minutes tonight so it's uncharacteristic uh, they were
1: deserved penalties to my eye
0: yeah I agree my bad thing uh, I'm going to go with two. Th- it's it's related to this lackluster play that I was talking about with the Oilers I mean they were up two to nothing in the second and then all of a sudden it's almost imperceptible but the Chicago starts to get these weird kind of Dinky chances, grade-A shots are on the net where they're deflecting pucks on net. You know, there's one, and then there's another. And then finally there's another, and it goes in the net. Hyman, Hyman. you know, first of all, a couple of minutes before this, the big line's out there, and they had one of the worst shifts. You you commented oh. on this on our game grades. They had one of the worst shifts they've like those three players have ever had. I don't know if you they're ever fine, did count All five players. All, all five. five six CC, of them. CC and Nurse. So their five top yeah. guys are out there. There must have been... Six or seven turnovers in their own zone, keeping the puck in their own end, this extended period of time. Then they get out there a short time later, and Hyman makes this kind of lame pass up the boards. And then McDavid doesn't fight. Like, he's usually, you know, Johnny, he's usually fighting for that puck, but he kind of lets himself get taken out of the play, and there's a point shot, which gets deflected in. Um, It's just, you know, and now it's two to one. This is a game where it shouldn't be two to one. It should be three to nothing by then. And they let the... They let the Blackhawks back into the game. Then it happens again. They get up three to one in the third, and they've been dominating. They've been doing really well, but they get they get a penalty, and uh, what happens? I don't know what happened actually on this play. I don't know what Devon Shore was doing, but he comes. The point goes back to the to the um, was it Domi on the point, point. and he starts <laughs> moving it, and and Devon Shore just comes shooting way past him, way out, mm-hmm. and I don't know what he was doing. Uh, maybe did he lose his balance momentarily he
1: was he was flying out there to try and get in between the two point men to interrupt the d to d pass and max (laughs) told me just said thank you very much and just casually walked right by the the jail breaking devon shore going the other way and walked into position and fired a screenshot that uh uh beat skinner on the short side and it was like First of all, Malone made a weak clearance that went to Domi on the point and never had a chance to clear the zone. And then, uh, uh, then uh, sure, like he did what he wanted to do. But why what did he was want that? that? that was what? my question. What? <laughs> <Watch> <laughs> he did what did the earlier wanted. in the game? He had a flyby of a guy in the slot that was just yeah egregious. Like the guy was right there and he just skated right past him, and the guy got a good shot. Uh, I don't know. He did yeah. not. Talk. He did not have a good game, Devin Short. Sure.
0: No, I gave him a three out of ten. It was just. It mean, could have been. It could have been a two. Yeah, it could have, As we're talking, I'm thinking maybe a two would have been more aligned with his plan. I'm going to just change it right now because that's what we can do. Like there's this little period when we're still talking, Bruce. Where I feel when, like
1: when he was on the ice at even strength against the Chicago Blackhawks, he played six minutes and forty seconds at even strength, and the Orders got outshot four to zero. <clears throat> I couldn't even get yeah. one shot on that.
0: <laughs> well, you, you know, when Clem Costin gets back mm. in the lineup, who to take out? So, uh, you yeah. know, take out short. I don't know, maybe they need him at centre ice. I'm not sure. Um, but um, not his best game. Bruce, what is your numero?
1: Yeah, lots of numbers from this game, David, but I'm going to, I know what you're going to come up with, and I'm going to just fire out a related number, which is 22 and a half. Uh, which is a number of hours between the start time of this game and the start time of tomorrow night's game. Uh, Tonight, in fact, it's closer to just straight 22, which is the minimum allowable under the CBA for a team to play between starts on consecutive days. You know, they can play 8 o'clock one night, 6 o'clock the next night, but they can't play 5 o'clock the next night. These games are both in central time zone, but... Because this was on Canadian TV on a Wednesday night hockey, and it was a doubleheader game. I mean, the poor people in Chicago, they had to go to this game that were paying customers. They had to go to an 8.30 game on a weeknight. And then they had some kind of pregame ceremony that they never really let us know what it was. But every once in a while, the goal horn would go off. (laughs) And by the time they dropped the puck, it was literally 8.55 local time. Ridiculous. and now tomorrow night, the orders have to be prepared to start at seven o'clock or 7.05 local time in, in uh, Minnesota. And of course, they got to get from here to there, as, uh, as the Kennedys used to say, uh, in between times. And <laughs> it's got, tomorrow's going to be a tall order. And one of the reasons it's going to be a super tall order is the numbers that you're about to relate.
0: Indeed, Bruce. So the Oilers—they really relied heavily on the Big Five tonight. And here's the—my here, number, my numbers relate to the time on ice of the Big Five. Okay. Start with Cody Ceci, 25.50 total. 25.50. Zach Hyman, 24.34. Darnell Nurse, 28. 28- 57, almost half the game, a minute short of half the game.
1: I got 29.09 tra- here, but same oh, okay. 29 minutes, let's call it. Got 29.09. Yeah, uh, I wonder why I might
0: think I better. I'm gonna just event update. Summary. Yeah, I got the event summary right in front of me, too. Hmm. Uh, yeah, oh, do oh, just changed lessons. 29.09. I needed to update it. Uh, Leon Dreisotel, 2613, 2613, and Connor McDavid, 2706. Playing like he plays, Connor McDavid, 2706. You know, Nurse played 23 2319 at even strength, Bruce. And four seventeen shorthanded. So these were the these were hard minutes from Darnell Nurse. And yeah, if he made a few mistakes at the end of the game, I guess we can oh. forgive him, eh?
1: Because that was a well, tired by then. Little little bit, a little bit,
0: a little bit. So this does not uh I don't know. I don't know how I don't know how these guys are going to be the next game. You know, they are well-conditioned athletes. Um at their very uh peak of their playing careers, they're still young men. So maybe, you know, maybe the the, the added five minutes in a game, maybe they can just brush that off. Um unlike mortals, uh, mere mortals. But um, I just hope they have beds on the Oilers airplane so those guys can. <laughs> can lie yeah. down i don't know if they do like i don't know like what the seating is i hope they got nice big seats that you know you can fold out into a full bed so they could just go to sleep as soon as they get on that, that plane which they're probably on right now shortly on it yeah shortly they'll be on it oh. and um uh, you know get into minnesota and have a good sleep all day long and i don't know if they're going to go to the rink at all like if they even will skate tomorrow you doubt yes. i would i would doubt that so just yeah just take it easy guys <laughs> Watch some daytime TV, Netflix, whatever. And uh, and uh, hopefully they're ready for tomorrow night against the freaking Wild. They eh? like that horrible, ghastly team uh, that we have to watch again. My least favorite, they're one, I don't know. are they? Are they I think they are. They, the Florida teams, like the Panthers, when they were bad, when they were a bad team, was a game I always hated to have to watch. But any game with the Wild, I just really hate watching the Wilds.
1: Tomorrow's not going to be fun. And i just briefly go back to my number, 22 and a half. That was kind of my over-under that I set, that I didn't want any of the star players playing any more than that number of minutes in this game if they were going to have anything (laughs) left for tomorrow's game in 22 and a half hours. And, of course, they all exceeded that by several minutes. So we'll see what they got. And, I I mean, Jay Woodcroft, I mean, he's turned a rock in a hard place because he's got four four forwards from, you know, second and third lines, uh, that are out and he's, you know, got to bring down guys like, uh, like, um, uh, Devin shore from the press box or bring up guys like, uh, um, uh, Tyler Benson, uh, from the minors or, you know, I mean, they've got a few guys on the go right now. And so the disparity of ice time is just widening. And when you're playing five games in eight days. You know or three and four would travel after each game like they like they're doing you know right now um that's a real rugged uh, r- real rugged stretch so hard yeah. to expect them to have a great game tomorrow night on the other hand they've already established they're going to get a split out of the road trip if they did this this game had gotten away on them. It would have been a oh, real huge disaster.
0: Pain, Bruce. That would have been pain. You know, they got so little out of the bottom two lines tonight. They got little <laughs> ice time those guys, and they just did little when they were out there. Frankly, I mean, I, I think they could have Hamblin and Holloway might have played a bit more. You know, I'm liking their. I'm liking how both those guys look out there. Um, but um, you know, and they could have played. Uh, broberry and bouchard a little bit more i thought evan bouchard was was really good this game actually he made some great defensive plays and uh he set up the um the um uh janmark goal uh, yeah. uh with a fine pass so um no he i thought he was great and and they that they, they might have played that pairing a bit more and taken some of the heat off nurse and Cece, but i can like the game starts to get close and the coach doesn't want Coach wants the win, so he's gonna play it safe, both his veterans. I, I understand that as well. So I'm not criticizing the coach on this. Um, but um right. they need a bit more. They need one of they need their their third and fourth lines here, one of those two lines to really step up and get some offensive zone time um, on a few shifts against the world. And you know I'm not I, the Holloway Malone line is that is that a line that was a line right I think that line Holloway
1: be- Hamblin, Malone they were the last yeah. two
0: games aligned. line I don't mind that line and I think that mm-hmm. maybe they get something going because that Hamblin, he Hamblin really hustles and Holloway is a fast hockey player uh, who's looking looking to me like an NHL player the last handful of games so.
1: Final thoughts. he's he's coming along for sure. Yeah, that that goal, Poole made a great play along the blue line to cause the turnover and then Bouchard just fished out the puck and he just calmly waited for the breakout to develop and then he flipped it over the pile and and got Nuge coming down the middle of the ice for the two-on-one. That was a a, a very calm, cool and collected play by Bouch that sprang that rush. So, yeah. uh, that you know, that's that's at his best. He's starting to rack up the points now. And yeah. uh, mind you, he took a bad penalty that kind of led to some of the late game grief. But uh,
0: Wasn't that an but, iffy penalty? I thought that was super. The guy, he
1: had the guy stick for about four or five seconds by the replay. He was holding. Or did his, the other guy have yeah. his stick? And it was uh, the hyper-dangerous Colin Blackwell. You better keep him in, <laughs> in arm's length. Anyway, but, uh, yeah. You're cutting out all of a sudden.
0: You're cutting out, Bruce. As your mic not in, push it in. Can't hear you. Can't hear you. All right. Maybe the, maybe the listeners can hear Bruce. Oh, I think I can hear you now, Bruce. Did you?
1: Five or six goalposts today. There
0: we go. There's your okay. mic back in.
1: Okay. I don't know what's going on with that connection okay sorry about that folks anyway um uh, they hit five or six posts that you know they got some real pretty goals and then they had these like horrendous brain cramps from time to time mostly in the game they dominated but but uh, anyway three game winners for leon dry in the last five days all of them in the late stages of the game and he now has six on the season Leon has six. Uh, Connor has three. The whole rest of the team has four. Not bad for Leon, considering uh, Bob Stoffer keeps intimating
0: that he's banged up, like in some way, like, like he's not really uh, playing at a hundred percent health. So, I mean, he does he looks he looks pretty good to me? And he, he but he does look run, like he's maybe a step behind.
1: See him run uh, Rod Gudis the other night.
0: Yeah, if there's ever a guy who deserves it. <laughs>
1: Deserves <laughs> nothing at to do that <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: Radko, he's a tough guy. I like Radko Goodis actually. He's a, he's a he is a tough. I, I would,
1: yeah, I would like him if he was an Oiler. I would like him plenty. Yeah. If I you're ever casting
0: a a Vikings movie, you know Radko mm-hmm. Goodis would be a good swordsman for the oh. shield wall. That's all I'm yeah, saying. Him,
1: him and Adam Larson, you could put yeah. him on
0: there. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Yeah, Philip can be and Oscar Klaffbaum can be the, the leading oh. in that moving, but Radko Goodis and Lars. All right, folks, thanks for talking
1: tonight. All right. Back out of tomorrow night. Thanks for listening, everyone.
0: And in the meantime, and in between times, this has been another edition of the Cult of Hockey podcast.